Hello, everyone. Welcome to Friday Coffee, Friday Live Coffee uh, on Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I am joined this Friday the 13th by... Oh, it's oh. Friday the 13th. It is Friday. Hold on. I got I to gotta pick the video carrier. I won't, I won't no wonder. Started. Today's been awful so far. <laughs> really? You're going to pull in Superstition now? I can pull in Superstition. <laughs> Hello. Hi, guys. You know, She's I can normally see- on time, but it's Friday the 13th. I can see, I can see what you're saying in the chat. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like I can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh. I don't know it's not Carter who's late. They know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even. I'm chatting <laughs> with them, waiting for you. <laughs> Tiger. Okay, hold on. You go ahead. You, you set up what we're talking about. <laughs> I, I set it up. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> She's here, sort of. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for being in chat. Uh, I like talking to you. It's good to. Uh, it's kind of getting to be a thing to anticipate when Carrie will show up together. So that's fun. It is Friday the 13th. And uh, I haven't, you know, I don't really pay attention to UK elections, but I feel like this is something that needs to be spoken about this election last night. Um, yeah, Carrie, have you been paying attention? Yes. Well, I actually, I shared about it on Facebook because I was just curious. I wanted I wanted to know people's opinions because I don't know enough about it, but I do know my gut reaction upon reading the news. The news I heard before the election was that it was going to be razor thin margin and they weren't sure who was going to win. And then the news I saw after the election were like, it was like uh, conservatives won with the biggest majority, the biggest landslide they've had since the 1980s. Since 1987. Yep. Yeah. And just that the labor party leader is resigning. And so I, my gut reaction was that there's something very similar happening um, in both places. There's this, there's something cultural happening where there's this, uh, what I called it was like a gap of understanding, but this big gap between the elites, the legacy media, the politics, the people who tell us the way things are and should be and what to do. Mm-hmm. And then the people, there's a huge gap. and it's almost like the elites don't understand. They don't understand the people at all and they don't want to understand. Well, Carrie, I think um, in the defense of the elites, you just haven't been reading CNN and the Guardian. Let me show you what's going on. This will shock you. Britain needs its own Mueller report on Russian interference. CNN, suspected Russian hand in UK election serves as warning to the US for 2020. So I think, Carrie, the answer is he didn't win it was Marussia again. <laughs> yeah, see, they're not they're not learning their lesson. And so, I mean, I have a I have a friend. So I had a, a, lot, a couple different responses from different areas. Um, you know, some uh, uh, a, a couple people, one person from the UK who lives in California now, who I would say is solidly left. Um, is very upset about it. Of course, she shared her opinion. But then I had a um, a friend, one of our viewers, actually, who's in um, the UK, who he he kind of confirmed my feeling about it. You know, he was saying, I, I don't think the left is going to learn from this, unfortunately. They're probably just going to double down and say, whoever voted for this is racist. And Whoever voted for conservatives is racist. Yeah, of course, it's what they always do. They don't mm-hmm. they don't care to actually figure out, hey, why are we not attracting voters anymore? Who'd have thought? I um, 
I completely support uh, that narrative. And although also, Carrie, this was very important. We shared it on Twitter, but uh, this is what's happening right now in the UK. So oh my gosh, you almost made me spit my drink. <laughs> <laughs> that much more sophisticated way of mourning. <laughs> Did you make that? <laughs> no, no, someone else made it. I just shared it on Twitter. <laughs> but it's pretty awesome. <laughs> There's, yeah, that's what's happening. I can't look at it. Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mr. Peanut. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I watched. Uh, I watched some shows, some UK news things about this, and the left is. The left is uh, a blaming Russia. B, saying that, well, everyone's really a radical leftist in the UK, but they just didn't like this one thing. We, we talk, it's the Brexit thing. Um, <clears throat> that's what it is. Uh, and um, I don't know, when I look at this, when I look at the official re election results, <clears throat> I actually see a country deeply, deeply divided because um, while we can say this is a, an overwhelming majority for the Conservative Party, and it is by British standards, um, they're not like the U.S. Uh, so it's not that he got even over 50 percent of the vote. The Conservative Party got 43.6 percent of the vote. Um, and basically all of the rest of this is leftist. Like the Labour Party is obviously on the left. Liberal Democrats are a little bit hard to categorize, so they can maybe go either way. But the Scottish National Party is leftist, um, Democratic Unionist Party leftist. All these are most of these are leftists. I mean, not Brexit or UKIP. But um, so when I look at this, I see a pretty clear 50-50 split in the UK between people who want more leftism and people who don't. Um, and I don't know that that bodes well for the UK. Oh, well, that's interesting because I haven't seen that take at all. All I've been talking, all I've been seeing is stuff about the conservative. Majority. Well, it is a big conservative victory for them, right? But you got to remember, they're not like their parliament is different than the way their elections are different. So in order for Corbyn or sorry, in order for Boris Johnson to have control, he doesn't need 50 percent. He just needs to be the, the plurality, basically. Um, and so. Yeah, he he trounced the Labour Party, but the left is split between a lot of different parties, right? The Scottish leftists are all in the Scottish National Party. And, you know, so there's, you know, most of the parties, most of the non, most of those other smaller parties are just too small to worry about. But um, basically, you know, I, I would add Scottish Nationalist and Labour Party together and probably most of the Liberal Democrats and all of the Democratic Unionist Party. Um so I still see a pretty divided country in the UK. Um, and I think that's, you know, basically the same thing that's happening in the US. I don't know, anyone from the UK in chat want to give us their take on this? I, 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 think, uh, I think it's the hair. So I think the Donald Trump and Boris Johnson both have magic hair. And that's the secret um, way. Well, I have, I have an observation. So since they do have all these different parties, like you're saying, in the left, I mean, I think that's the way it would be in the States if we had more than this two-party system. If we had a lot of choices, like all the people who've walked away, like the walk-away movement, 
I know that the leadership of that movement, Brandon and whatever, I know that that they've clearly gone onto the Trump train and they make no bones about it. But right. not everybody who's walked away has done that. I haven't. You know, there's people who, most of my walkaway friends are somewhere like independent or still liberal, and they might end up voting for Trump, but just because we don't have a plethora of options. Right. Like there. Right. And, and getting, you know, in the UK, um, <clears throat> I think it's, you get more representation if you have a party that's got 10% or 15 or 20%, you get a little bit more representation in parliament than you do. Like you basically get kind of nothing in the US um, if that's the way it goes. By the way, I'm not advocating for democracy. Democracy is horrible and I hate it. So um, I just don't know any good alternatives, but uh, <laughs> it's, it is it is a horrible system. But anyway, but that congrats to the UK. I think it's good for them. I think Brexit, so I, so I guess Brexit's gonna happen now. Uh, apparently, even the EU leaders were happy about this because they're tired of, they kind of view Brexit as, uh, I was reading an article that they view Brexit as inevitable at this point. And there's just like no leadership in the UK has been able to like make it happen. So it's just been dragging on forever. So now they kind of feel like, well, at least it's going to happen. Um, and one thing that may also happen is uh, I think it may open the door for Scotland to kind of become independent, which is what the Scottish Nationalist Party wants in the first place. And they probably want to remain their own independent nation in the U in the EU. So maybe that'll happen. I don't, who knows? That's Lots what I've been hearing. Yeah. So uh, in the chat, I saw Nip Fragility mentioned this comedy club that has banned Tories. I saw that. Yeah. And yeah, let me just share it for those who haven't seen it. Um, obviously, I used to work in comedy, so I always find this stuff interesting, the SJW movement into the comedy world. So Comedy by Bo says, uh, Comedy by Bo or Comedy by Bow used to be an inclusive comedy night where all were welcome. Tonight, that has changed. Be aware that if you're a Tory voter, you are no longer welcome to perform here. You can have your own free speech zones somewhere <laughs> else. And they put that in scare quotes, free speech zones, uh, because there will not be a platform for you here. Your vote proved that you as a person are fundamentally incompatible with the values of the night and the values of those running it. You are not welcome here. So I, what I like about this is the first sentence is that they are just being open about it. Like they're being open about how intolerant they are. And I was thinking we should coin a new word that they're, they're no longer inclusive, they're outclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're basically, that's what they're saying. Like, I think there's we, a word for that already, but, but you go. Yeah, but we've known this forever. We've known that this is what SJ, SJWs are intolerant. All the stuff they claim to be, they're lying. So I kind of appreciate it when they just are upfront about it and say, yeah, uh, we only want to hang out with people who have the same opinions we do. Like that's what this guy's saying. And yeah, no, I, right I appreciate to do this, of course. It's his right to do this, but does it make him a douche? Yes. <laughs> of course it makes him a douche. Um, but this is what I mean by the split. I, I think, um, you know, it's not like, it's not like there's like, yes, the super radical SJWs are a small minority but as they start to take over it would just look at the u.s as they take over the democratic party in the u.s um there's a lot of people who are bowing to that ideology and so like that's a there's a large percentage of the population that are swayed by them at, at least to the extent that they would vote for them and and support them and to to some extent that that comedy by the bow they're correct in that like there is a fundamental incompatibility 
right? There's a fundamental incompatibility with people who say we should have the right to disagree and freedom of speech and, um, you know, we should have some sort of civility with, uh, with where different ideas can get, you know, can be spoken and taking offense is not, you know, that's your problem if you take offense and think people can say offensive things and blah, blah, blah. Like that is fundamentally different than we need to live in a society where speech is policed. Like those are very fundamentally different uh, viewpoints and that's where we are, so. Yeah, I will say um, this, it, it was a, uh, encouraging to see in the comments of that post, um, a lot of pushback, but specifically to see uh, some labor party people, some liberals who voted for labor pushing back, or at least I saw one. So I saw one who was saying, thing. well, he was saying labor here, this, you know, this isn't productive. What are you talking, this isn't what we're about. And you're not, we're not going to win if you're just, which is what, what this kind of mentality is. And what this guy is saying is if you disagree with me on policy positions, then you're evil. You're an evil human being. Right. I like and, when they do that though, because I don't want them to win. So I want the democratic party and the Labour Party to just continue down this. You guys go. It is Russia. It's all Russia and the other side. <laughs> keep going. Good job. See, I, I, uh, I you're I totally right. Like, for the sake of humanity, I like it when they come back from the crazy. And so, and I, 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 you know, I like to see other liberals saying, "Hey, no, stop. This isn't liberal." And so that was kind of cool. Anyway. Yeah, I just want them to leave those parties and do something else. Um, but so, Carrie. Uh, I don't know if you know, did you hear the big news? I mean, the the most important news probably of the year. Uh, Are you okay. ready? Oh, a person of the year? Drum roll, drum roll. There oh. she is. <laughs> Greta Thunberg, person well, of the year. Well, here's the thing. I don't that? actually have a problem with them selecting her because if, if you look back at the history of who they've selected, they pick... Um, they've picked people who are awful. So even if you think she's awful, that doesn't play into it. I think- Oh yeah, Hitler in 1938, Stalin right. in 1939, and Stalin in 1942. He's a twice winner of the time. Right, and, I, and to be clear for anyone who's taking this out of con, I'm not comparing her to those people. I'm just saying what you think of a person, whether you think they're good or bad or whatever, doesn't really matter. It's whether they had an impact and people were talking about them. And I think it's hard to argue that I mean, she definitely had an impact, What, even though she, it, I think it was media driven and the media conspired to make this a big story. She, she, everybody knows who she is. You know, like she is one of the most talked about people of the year. Yeah, but but uh, she's completely manufactured by the same cathedral that's calling her person of the year. That's true. So. <laughs> that's true. Here's our shill. Person of the year. <laughs> like, great job, cathedral. Good. Uh, what I don't know. I did um, see a couple of online polls, and you know, it's take it with a grain of salt because a it's a poll and b it's online. Um, but it but the public seemed to and in two different ones that I saw, it was like who do you want for person of the year? And they had a couple different. It was a multiple choice, and Greta was on both of them, and she got a pretty small percentage. Uh, one of them she got like one percent, and then um, but the protesters in Korea won both of those. Uh Oh, that would have been an interesting one. Yeah, the Korean you protesters. Mean, you mean Hong Kong, I think, but still. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm thinking of Korea today. Yes, the Hong Kong protesters. So I thought maybe there was a K-pop thing going uh, on. <laughs> uh, I've just been learning a lot about K-pop. Maybe that's why Korea's on the brain. Um, and all of these fey K-pop bands that the girls go wild over that I had no idea. Anyway, um, 
but the, yeah, back to Korea. So most people said the um, the back to Korea, back to Hong Kong. Most people said Hong Kong protesters. <laughs> 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 they did not say Greta, and they did not say Korea. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, Time Magazine picked who they wanted. Yeah, I mean, just you know, it's just another. I think so. Harlow noticed this. Mike Harlow noticed this, right? The you can't criticize Greta. It's he he pointed out how gullible the leftists are about like she's a, this completely manufactured thing. And if you dare criticize her, they people lose their shit. He, he's his roommate is moving out because he criticized Greta. I saw Thund- that. <laughs> like it's craziness. And I don't know if you saw. So Trump made fun of Greta. I actually think Greta did a good ponage back to trump she like it was she had a good response and like changed her twitter profile she's pretty good at that but um yeah but but biden was like how dare you mock a teenager like but see they're hypocrites sandman is is still trying to yeah exactly they're hypocrites because they mocked the covington kids and here's and there's a big difference here as well the covington kids didn't choose to be in the national spotlight they're not political activists they're not out there speaking like greta or the gun control boy, those right. guys decided to be in the spotlight, and and it so it's it's almost the hypocrisy is even worse because they're fine targeting children when it fits their narrative, and they're not just fine targeting children; they're fine targeting children who are private members of society that that are not that have no public role, that are not activists, that are not there to speak on behalf of a cause and try to sway you to one belief system or another. You know. I think that's worse. That's much worse. Yeah, um, it's it's um my view here is that kids get a pass if they're not sticking themselves in the spotlight intentionally and trying to like if you want to play in grown-up world and criticize grown-ups and argue about grown-ups for stuff they're doing and lead a charge then you get the criticism if you if you just want to be 16 and in high school we'll leave you alone but you don't get you don't get a pass just because you're a kid um nick was standing there that the the covington kids were standing there waiting for a bus they deserve to be left alone david hogg and greta thunberg are capitalizing on well they're not even capitalizing in their hogg was capitalizing in his circumstances fate right um, to try and be a political activist. And Greta, like, completely is manufactured. So, you know, she's old enough to know that she's choosing to do this. She doesn't get a, you don't get a pass. You can, it's not like, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, well, she has horrible ideas. Yes, but she's 16, so we can't criticize her. Like, I'm yeah, sorry you should be how that works. Criticize her. She's put her ideas out there. I completely agree. I think, I think the only thing I find distasteful is when, when it's a kid, uh, I mean, it depends if, if they're going after her and, and mocking just like the way she looks or something. But I don't see a lot of that. Honestly, I see people mocking her ideas. So, yeah, I mean, and they'll, they'll, they'll mock things like the how dare you. But it's 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 because she's being she's being performative. It's an overly dramatic performative chastising of world leaders. And so we mock her for her performance like it's completely legitimate. Yeah. Well, anyway. <sighs> Carrie, do you what? have any? I have a, a list of stuff I could talk about, but if you've got items, I know you've got a hard stop. So if you've got items you want to talk about, no, my morning, my day has been chaotic. So I don't have, I mean, I have some, no, you go ahead. 
I'm going to bring up something that uh, is maybe controversial. Uh, this porn debate that's going around Twitter a lot. There's a, like suddenly oh, the conser- yeah. a lot of conservatives are all like ban porn, ban porn. Um, and I actually don't want to debate that particular thing. I just want to point something out that is bothersome to me about the entire porn debate. It's a distraction. It's one of the like, it's not the most important thing happening. We literally have like radical leftists taking over. uh, They have taken over institutions. We've got the cathedral pushing us towards like socialism and no, not even socialism, authoritarianism. We, the free speech is under attack. Like the first amendment's under attack. Free speech is under attack. We've got everything from the national debt to federal reserve. There's so many huge problems to be dealing with. And that's the thing that this is what angers me about conservatives is conservatives never fight the hard battles. They always fight the easy stuff. They're like, well, we're, we're losing on all these fronts that matter. Let's talk about porn. It's like, I, you know what? No one cares. We can have, we can have a discussion about porn later. Is it harmful or not? Or, but like, we can have that discussion later. Can we fix things that are actually broken. Like we're literally becoming a country full of authoritarian racists run by leftist Marxists. Can, can you fight that battle? But they want to fight battles that they think are easy to fight for some, for some reason. I don't, I, conservatives irk me for that. They're just, they're so, they just are always taking the easy road. It's, it's a non-issue. It doesn't matter right now. Why do they think porn is an easy battle anyway? It's not. Oh, I think they, because I think it's easy for the, I think it's something that, that the religious right generally will like, they're, they're moving towards back to traditional values. There's been a resurgence. Right. Of like, I've seen no that. Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, oh, this is another traditional value thing that we're going to like take up the gauntlet here and fight. Like that's fine. Do you like, think that they view it as an easy battle? Cause I don't view it as an easy battle. I think, I think they think it's something that, um, will look like it's controversial, but will be embraced by a lot of the people on the right who are trying to return to more traditional values. Uh-huh. Um, and so I don't think they actually think they're going to win either. They don't, they don't care. That's the thing. That's why it's an easy battle. Cause they're not actually trying to fight it. They're not, they're not going to actually win. They know they can never win. It's a non-issue. They just want to like blab about it to virtues. It's, it's virtue signaling on the right. They're blabbing about it to virtue signal to the people on the right, how, great they are for opposing porn and meanwhile the house is burning down and they're like wow i I don't like this thing over here it's like yeah good for you buddy i don't care i don't like that's not it's not the major issue of our time and there's probably valid arguments there are i mean i think it's i've the more i've looked into it the more i've seen you know it's i don't think it's i don't think it's healthy for people but do I think it should again be healthy and illegal are two different things. Exactly. Right? Healthy that's what I was about to say. Do I think it should be banned? No. I don't think that I don't think that just because I find something to be unhealthy for people, you know, I think uh cigarettes are unhealthy for people, but I don't think they should be banned. You know? Yeah. Um and someone just mentioned that I was disappointed in this also. Like Gab started to push this like porn should be banned thing. Oh, I um, didn't know that. Yeah. And you know, I do understand. Like it is frustrating and I do get this part of it. Like Twitter is like porn's fine. Just don't say men, only men are men. Right. And Gab is like free speech is fine, but not porn. Like it's like, all right, fine. I get it. If I guess if I had to choose, I would choose Gab, 
But don't also then call yourself a free speech absolutist, Gab. Like, it's not like just say this is what we're about and that's fine. Well, I talk like Greta. The house is burning down. I know. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. Sorry. Well, here's the other thing is that I think um, if you find something like that unhealthy and distasteful and culturally, I do think it is a pro- I do think it's a problem. I think it's affecting. If you look at the stats of on young people, and I, I think it's affecting the sex that humans have with one another. And more people are okay. having these, um, like on just online only relationships, relationships with themselves and toys, and just and with their porn. And I think it's it. it I've seen you know figures on what it does to um, in the bedroom when you're with an actual person, how it can affect your sex drive. So I do think it's unhealthy and I do think that culturally it's something that should be pushed back on. But again, I don't think that means legally. It's just a, that uh, people confuse those things. And, and you also, you also then, you take that choice away from people. So you're not even pushing people to personally grow and decide if something is good for themselves or not. You know, you're saying, well, you can't have it. Well, why can't they figure that out themselves? The same thing with cigarettes. It's like, I, I let people come to that. They're not going to grow if you just take it away. If you just say, oh, you can't have this. It's bad for you. Like, you know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And and look, um, I just read this article. You might actually think it was interesting. It was about, it's called Thoughts About, it's, it's, the blog is called Thoughts About God, Truth, and Beauty. Um, and this article is called Why Sexual Morality May Be Far More Important Than You Ever Thought. And it's interesting uh, about it's interesting. I'll, I'll post the link. It's an interesting article about um, <clears throat> the correlation between various forms of sexual propriety and social rules and norms, and the fall or rise of civilization. <clears throat> but it, the author points this out. Um, correlation does not mean causation. I think the porn thing. Uh, there may indeed be. There are very likely some very unhealthy things, if especially if you're like totally addicted to porn. Like totally, I could see it having negative effects. Also, I doubt it's the root cause of anything. <laughs> like, I'm I'm very highly suspicious that it's the cause of problems that we have. I I think it's much more likely a symptom of a whole bunch of other stuff, which is harder and more important to address. Um, so. That's, I think that's it's the cause point. of some problems, but I do, I agree with, I both agree and disagree. It's, it's not a root cause, like, it's like um, any other addiction or anything that people can get addicted to because of other root problems. But then that thing, that substance or whatever it is becomes a problem for them as yes. well and creates more problems. It's just like one of those spiraling effects of uh, bad choices. And, but yeah, I do think there's something obviously at the foot, of, at the root of why people are moving in that direction uh, or young people. Yeah. And I think it has, I don't think it has something to do with um, the rise of like pragmatism, the rise of hedonism, the loss of like uh, integrated philosophical and or religious ideal, like systems that, you know, uh, that are focused on long-term benefit. And, you know, we've, there's a lot that's kind of fundamentally changed about society uh, that leads my my guess is it would lead to more porn consumption, more drug consumption, less less uh, you know more short term decision making, like all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, Keith in the chat has a good point. He says that um, 
they stopped everyone from doing drugs with a new law, right? <laughs> exactly, Keith. Yeah. This right. is why it doesn't matter to me because the law is not the right way to do it anyway. So yeah, it's not the yeah. right way to do it. I agree. Fight it culturally. And I don't mind them fighting it culturally. I just, I agree. Legally, it's kind of a, I don't, I don't agree with it. And also, yeah, it, it seems like from what you're saying, it's a distraction to me. The bigger thing is what we've been talking about. And, it, you know, I, when I shared the, the video we did about uh, YouTube censorship and the YouTube, the CEO's interview with 60 Minutes. Oh, the most recent video? Yes. So I kind of had a rant the other night. I just needed to say some stuff about it. I should have probably written and tried to write a piece, but you should I have just, filmed it. No, I just, I should have tried to like sit with it and write a longer piece, but I, sometimes I'm like, ah, I just want to say this. And then I, you know, so I, I wrote this stuff down about it because for me, it's like, look, this is what is really going on. This is the real narrative. And I was thinking about that conversation you had initiated about the different types of consciousness that people that we that we live in and sometimes we jump back and forth between them and i was thinking about how the people in that what you called like the group two level of consciousness the ones who live there most often they are so distracted by fake stories the narrative the meat that the media feeds them is is always a distraction it's like look at russia here's something shiny russia 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 and it's nothing or now mm -hmm. it's the impeachment thing which is nothing He's not the, the the Senate needs a two thirds majority to convict or you know, that's not going to happen. And the Democrats know that's not going to happen. This is just a way to distract and to rile up the base. Uh, but they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything except maybe stalling his agenda. Like he can't work on other things while he's fighting impeachment. Right. But they know that nothing's going to happen. So why are people paying attention? It's distraction, distraction, distraction. And then but you know what's really happening? You know, it's a huge story that the media won't cover this massive censorship that is creeping into our lives and it's getting worse. And, and we just kind of are, it's like a slow boiling frog. We're just ignoring that it's happening. And the, the liberals of all people should be the loudest. I feel like about this should be the loudest and they're the quietest. They're, some of them even, they say they're liberal, but they support it. And so I posted about that. And some of you in chat will have seen it. Cause some, some of you guys are, we're friends. Um, and some of you got involved, I think, but, um, you know, there's this guy on the left who I think is well-meaning, but his, he started off even arguing that this is happening. He refused to watch Dr. Epstein's testimony about it, who's, you know, to Congress. He didn't watch any of the stuff, including watch the 60 Minutes thing. He just is basically like, this isn't happening. I've looked into it deeply. Really? Did you watch anything I posted? How deeply? <laughs> I know exactly how deeply. Um, so he started off arguing that it wasn't happening. And then he kind of seemed to concede without without verbally saying so to concede that it's happening because then at the end he started offering us tips on how to work around google's new censorship well if you go to an, another search engine you can get around you know go to this search engine and then you can find i'm like i don't need workaround tips on how to live in a society that's continually starting to censor people i don't want to live in a society that's continually starting to censor people <laughs> like address the problem dude don't be like well you know i was kind of joking like you know Here's a guide on how to live in prison. No, I just would rather not live in prison. Right. <laughs> like, what do you? <laughs> but he's. It's like when you said that. Um, some people are content. It seems like just to be treated like. Like um, cattle. Like, do you think there's different motivations for why people were on the left in the first place, and maybe maybe some people are motivated more by. Um, like truly more by wanting 
some sort of individualism and like caring about individual freedoms and other people are maybe motivated more by some sort of resentment or ant like tearing down the establishment. Oh, totally different motivations. I'm kind of started to split when, when, when there's, when these things kind of come up, the people who are in it for the right reasons at the beginning are like, Hey, wait a minute, we're censoring now. And the other people are like, that's all right. I just wanted to burn everything down anyway. Well, you bring up a good point. And it makes me think of, if you guys haven't seen it, um, Brett Weinstein, the professor at Evergreen, uh, he has a video called something, it's called something like how the magic trick is done. I think that's it. Um, and in it, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And he talked, it's one of the best videos I've seen when it comes to trying to describe SJW ideology. Although I don't know if he ever uses that term, but that's what he's talking about. And he basically is talking about two different types of people who were in this, um, the PC left is what Jordan Peterson calls it in his, or at least his grad student calls it the PC, PC authoritarians and PC liberals. Brett Weinstein calls them um, the bad actors, which would be the PC authoritarians, and then yep. the useful tools, which I think would be the PC liberals. And so the the bad actors, they they don't have good intent. And but see the PC liberals, the the useful tools, they think that, oh, we have all these things in common. We agree, we're the same. And they don't realize, no, you're the same until a certain point. And Weinstein talks about this. And then you branch off and you're radically different. And so I think some people, when that peel off starts to happen, which is what's happening now on the left and has been happening for five years, that's how I left it because I realized, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Like I didn't sign up for all this stuff over here. Censorship, condoning violence, doing mental gymnastics to try and say that, you know, attacking Trump people is okay. You know, that was what woke me up. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, I think, I think there's a lot of people who think, Hey, because we're all on the left, we have the same, all the same goals. No, you might have a few shared goals, but then you've got some really radically different ones and some radically different ideas about, uh, what's important. So I don't know if that answered your question or not. No, I think it, I think it did. Um, yeah. I think and it because did. this ideology, the SJW ideology has, successfully become the the mainstream left at least in terms of um the people who are talking the people with power on the left the people you know the politicians the the people with the microphone the journalists the the people in entertainment um this has become the ideology and so it because of that you now have young people who get into it i'm sure who are getting into it not even knowing what liberalism means they're being told this is liberalism yeah like, like not even there's without even it's not a question of do you support individual rights or do you support freedom of speech or anything it's a question of do you support uh you know racial equality if so then you have to accept this new definition of racism and you have to do that it's it that's what they're being told they're being sold this authoritarian racist belief system sexist belief system they're being told it's liberalism well i mean i think uh yeah they're not when you say things like freedom of speech, uh, they're being told that that is a right wing talking point. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a thing about, that's not related to liberalism, right? They're, they don't even, I don't think they say like, we're not that anymore. They, they just kind of, <clears throat> these things are, are right wing. Yeah. Right? Um, and I don't think, actually, I think people don't care about the label so much. They care more about social pressure 
And so, um, you know, you, you're in an environment where everyone says, these are the things to do. These woke, this is the woke list of things to believe. They don't, it doesn't really matter what the label is. Um, you know, they, they're going to call it social justice. They'll call it progressivism. They'll call it liberalism. They'll call it whatever they want. Um, it doesn't really matter to those people. Um, and frankly, a lot of those people, uh, it doesn't really matter what you say either. Like it, it, if there's social pressure for anything, they'll just agree with it. So like most people are just going to, most people are just social metaphysicians when it comes to this stuff. They'll just be like, oh, this is what my friends and professors are saying is right. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, they're not, they're not thinking for themselves. They're not reaching the conclusion that racism is prejudice plus power. They're just being told and they are, it's, and they're hyper aware that disagreeing is, like the death sentence socially so yeah you're not allowed <laughs> um uh sharon i just want to say it kind of answered your question in the chat as well she says i was a lefty because i did really think i was a voice for free speech and anti-discrimination and innocent until proven guilty i still right. believe in those things but the overton window opened and i fell out <laughs> <laughs> yes it did the Overton window, it moved to below your feet, Sharon, and <laughs> down you went. <laughs> um, uh, or yeah. Andrew says it's not so much that the Overton window moved, it's that the cathedral moved. And she makes a good point. She says, I just know something shifted and it didn't take me with it. Or they went places I don't want to go. Yes, that's how I feel. I feel people ask me if I changed or if the left changed, and the answer is both. The left changed. It really did. If you were inside of it, it changed in a way that I noticed things I had not noticed before. I'll put it that way. It became very overt. Trump being elected, wow. Like <laughs> it brought a lot of things to the surface that were always there. I just didn't know it. And people, people around me changed. And um, and then and then, yeah, in the course of waking up to all that over a period of two or three years, I changed as well. So yeah, no, I, I think often stress brings out like the true nature in people. And so someone who was not on the left, like I think a lot of that, a lot of the sentiment was there for a lot of the left the whole time. I think it just stress happened and they, their mask slipped. Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, oh, we're going to reveal that we're authoritarians now. Okay. Like I knew, but thanks for being honest about it. And the people who didn't realize it were like, oh, crap. You're like, the people, that, you're like the people that spoiled the movie The Sixth Sense because you were like, he's dead. Right. <laughs> and I'll, I'm the person who didn't know until the end. But I don't think, and by the way, I'm not like, I'm not patting myself on the back. I don't think that's an intelligent thing. I think it's just, I wasn't in the left, right? Like if you're right. not in the left, you could see it for what it is more clearly because um, you're not surrounded by, you're not in that you're not there. So you just had to be someone on the outside could see it. Um, uh, I don't know. I there, did you, we didn't talk about this Jersey city shooting thing and I don't have a lot to say other than some things, how it's, how it's been treated. Have you seen the headlines for this or have you seen this? Uh, I saw that it happened, but what I've mostly seen, I'm curious what you're going to say because, um, because my SJW friends, the ones I'm still friends with online and who will still talk to me uh they disagree they 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 outright reject the idea that the media is not covering it the same way they would be covering it if if it were white terrorists 
And I well, just... interesting though. Interesting. Okay. What do you think Rashida Tlaib's initial reaction was to the shooting? You ready? Uh, white supremacy kills. Is that what that says? Right. I can't see it. This is heartbreaking. White supremacy kills. So immediately they started with their narrative. So when it first happened, they were like, oh, it's white supremacy, white supremacy kills, right? Um, before even knowing anything, they assumed that this was white shooters um, killing black people. So as it turns out, for those of you who don't know, it was, it was two black shooters um, and they shot um, Orthodox Jews. And I guess the person that Rashida was mentioning was an Orthodox Jew, but... Um, it was two, it was uh, two black shooters and they, they attacked Jews. So then the, the mainstream media had to change how they were talking about it. Look at this headline from the wall street journal. They deleted this Twitter after they, this tweet, after they did it, it says an attack that left six people dead, including the two suspected shooters has shaken a historically black neighborhood where an ultra Orthodox Jewish community has recently has taken root. What an, like, what a weird Weird headline, right? Weird. It's, they left out the race of the shooters. Why? Because they're not white. They would have put it in if they were. They want to say they want this to be uh, two right wing white people, but they weren't. They were black, so they left that out. They made it look almost like it was the historically black neighborhood that was a victim. It almost looks like the Jewish people <laughs> are the problem, and it's it's really weird. It's a totally odd. Tweet, but this is what happens when they get something that doesn't fit their narrative and they really desperately are trying to make it sound like they're trying to hide whatever truth there is. And so they're trying they're to like trying to still make it fit the narrative. Yeah, either either fit the narrative or at least not contradict the narrative. Yeah. And so they get stuck. <laughs> they get stuck with this these word games that just uh, are difficult to play at some point. Um, That's crazy. We'll see. So the friend I'm talking about, here's what's even crazier. Um, he's he's a woke uh, Jewish, like white Jewish, I don't know, like he's, he's he who actively bends over backwards to defend what I view as anti-Semitic comments if they're coming from a black person. It's really strange. And he, uh, but but not, but actually not strange because we see this in SJW ideology all the time. You know, it's like if you align really hardcore with the ideology, you are told this group is oppressed. This group is the oppressor. You always have to align with the oppressed group, no matter what the person that the specific individual you're talking about in that group has done. It's weird. It, um, the Jewish thing is weird. I haven't we haven't talked about. Um, like anti-Semitism or the any Jewish stuff, but it is odd to me because you're right. If you're on the left, you can be basically openly anti-Semitic. If you're, especially if you're like pro-Palestine, like the BDS movement, and you know you can be, you can be Louis Farrakhan, and you can compare Jews to termites and whatever else, and and you're kind of fine. But if you're not on the left. And you say really benign things like, uh, gee, most of Hollywood is controlled by Jewish people, which is like just factually true. Um, like, okay, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean there's a conspiracy necessarily, but fine. If you just like say something, suddenly you're 
uh, a white supremacist anti-Semite. You can't even you can't even talk about anything. It's really odd how um, how different it is. Yeah, it's how different weird. it is, and how um, I don't even know where a lot of Jewish people stand on. I don't I don't even really know where they stand. I mean, Jews in America tend to lean left pretty, pretty heavily. Um, but I don't hear a lot of criticism of leftists for support of Palestine and that kind of stuff. I also, the other thing that's really odd is the criticism of Israel is taken as being anti-Semitic. Like criticism of American foreign policy towards Israel, if you're on the right, is, is considered anti-Semitic. But if you're on the left, you can criticize policy towards Israel all day long and nothing happens to you. It's super odd. It's super odd. Well, we should do, you know what? Uh, Speaking of the Brett Weinstein uh, video, how the magic trick is done, he kind of addresses this because he's Jewish and he talks about how it's a weird thing in SJW ideology. And again, I don't think he uses that word, but I know which belief system he's talking about. I can't remember the words he uses to describe it, but um, he basically was saying, you know, on the one hand, as a Jewish person, you're put in a marginalized group, but then on the other hand, you're put in the uh, privileged group. And so it's a, it is a fascinating thing to me because it's not often that you have a group, like, because they intersectionality, right? Like you can have a person who's a member of different groups right? Oh, I am a woman. Therefore I, according to them, I am oppressed and I am marginalized, but I'm also white. Therefore I am, uh, according to them, an oppressor and privileged, but to have someone who is like, because I am Jewish, I am simultaneously oppressed and the oppressor. That's yeah. And actually it's they're they're oppressed or oppressor, depending on what's convenient for who's conversation. Right. Yes, that's, Um, that's, what's interesting. We should talk about that at some point. I don't know. I, I, I would still have to, I don't know exactly. I don't have a lot of insight into that yet. Just that I think it's odd. Yeah, no, I, I don't either. Um, and, you know, I think it probably opens a Pandora's box on a whole bunch of stuff. But um, someone pointed out, uh, yeah, I didn't mention this about the Jersey shooting. Uh, the, the two uh, uh, shooters were black Hebrew Israelites, which is like a radical um, <clears throat> group. Uh, I think they're I don't really know too much about their ideology, but I think they were related. Weren't the Black Hebrew Israelites um, one of the groups that was at Covington, at the Covington thing, yelling? Yes. Doing- oh, they were. They were exactly the group that was there, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. So uh, We've had a lot of callbacks in this episode. We have. We have had a lot of callbacks. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to bring that Jersey thing up. Um while I've got you, Carrie, because I know, I know you got to leave soon, and this is something that I think you will be interested in. Um, so I know I've spoken about this with um, with some people in the past. Um, this idea that law enforcement law enforcement may so there's this idea that law enforcement may not always want to support gun laws. So you pass gun laws and, you know, your local law enforcement may not just, you know, may not actually want to enforce them. Um, and I know I've talked about this being a thing that's uh, changing based on um, my information and someone is in chat who knows a little bit more about this, so he can speak up if he wants to, but I won't call him out. Um, 
the older generations of law enforcement tends to be more conservative or at least constitutional, and, and they are uh, more likely to be principled constitutionalists and maybe resist some laws that uh, infringe on the Constitution. But the younger police, um, younger recruits tend to be much more uh, aligned with just, you know, they're just more like stormtroopers, like, okay, like, I'll go be a thug, give me a gun, you know, tell me what to do. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of the, a lot of the principled kind of uh, constitutional type of people are, tend to be at the older and older end of the spectrum. And they're obviously retiring at some point. Um, so Virginia passed, I don't know if you remember in the elections, Virginia, the Democrats took control of the state completely. And they passed some gun control laws, including a universal background check, assault weapons ban, and a red flag law. Now, what happened after that was 75 counties in Virginia um, have adopted what they're calling a Second Amendment sanctuary resolutions, where the uh, <clears throat> the sheriffs and police have said, we're not going to enforce state-level gun laws that we believe violate Second Amendment rights. Cool. Um, but this is the reaction from the Virginia... <clears throat> Democrats now are saying, well, we may prosecute the sheriffs and police who don't enforce our gun laws, including possibly deploy the National Guard against them if they don't enforce our gun control laws. Um, this, you know, there's not a lot to say about that beyond the headline other than to recognize that this is a, um, this is a potential flashpoint, Right. So, um, you know, you're starting to have, you do have people still in law enforcement who recognize this is, and, and actually the older people tend to be more in power, right? So you're talking about people in higher positions that tend to recognize like, we don't, these laws are unconstitutional. Remember when you, when you become a sheriff or a police officer, you do swear uh, an oath to the constitution and often to uphold laws of your state and blah, 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 to the extent that they um, conflict, I don't know really, what you're what you're obligated to do but um a lot of them still feel like this and a lot of people are relying on well, well our law enforcement my local law enforcement wouldn't support it well this is you know i think at some point there's going to be if this happens soon there'll be a clash between state level radical leftists and local authorities who don't want to enforce stuff but if we wait long enough the people who don't want to enforce it will go away um and my friend here in chat says this is the guy I was talking about. I didn't want to call him out, but he's he called himself out. Uh, he says, yeah, the older law enforcement officers were not indoctrinated in the government schools the same way as the 20-something officers, officers joining law enforcement today. Um, and without revealing too much information about him, this guy knows what he's talking about here. So, um, and, he, and he actually has his finger on the pulse, not only of local law enforcement officers, but federal agents as well. So uh, that's kind of a trend that's been happening. I don't know. What do you think about what? Does this this scares me when I see this? I don't know how you think about it. Um, I don't really have any thoughts on it that you haven't expressed. I mean, I think it's there are guns involved. <laughs> it's kind of scary <laughs> with that kind of a conflict. But um, but yeah, I don't really have any insights on it. I'm sorry. No, that's right. I think Maria says, "Why do we even have a constitution if states can just make laws that go against?" <laughs> good good question. Good question, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't let her run for office. You're not allowed to ask that question. Shut up. 
That's kind of the question I had about sanctuary cities as well. Like, uh, how? Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Yeah. Right. If San Francisco can be a sanctuary city for uh, against ICE, why can't states have sanctuary cities against? Uh, I guess federal. Although this is this is a sanctuary county against the states. So my understanding is that um, sheriffs, like police, generally. Um, how do I want to say this? My understanding is that federal law enforcement agencies actually do not have the right to enforce state laws at all. They get that from being basically deputized by the sheriffs. Like the the state law enforcement can ask the feds for help, and that's where they get the right. But they can also revoke it. Um, but um, but they are empowered to enforce federal laws. I don't really know. I don't really know how it works in practice, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, look. The, the, the flippant answer to Maria is constitution. We don't, no one, we don't follow the constitution anymore, Maria. The constitution is actually an agreement between states as Keith the hat guy will point out to no end if you ask for uh, details. It's an agreement between states and uh, it's supposed to be 50 sovereign states agreeing. And theoretically you could opt out and say, I'm done and I want to leave this godforsaken federal government um but that's that's but not Virginia really hasn't opted out they have not so um but yeah and keith is saying a county sheriff has higher authority than any federal agent that's also my understanding um but uh i, I don't i don't really know the details of that as well we should probably get someone who's uh, a legal expert here to talk about it so um my friend here my law enforcement friend uh or the guy i was mentioning earlier says uh, Virginia is very likely to get ugly in 20 years if all law enforcement will be SGW slash government school and doctorate. Right. Actually, it's not just Virginia. Right. So if every if in 20 years we've got a police force that has been indoctrinated by social justice warriors, the fantasy that the police will be on the side of freedom fighters in a conflict evaporates. That's just uh that's just you know what I don't want to see, or maybe I do. It could be a funny sketch. We want to get some humor out of this. Is uh, a, a a new police academy video, but have all of the officers be blue-haired, SJW, gender queers. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to imagine what that looks like. Yeah, crap. So, duty duty rated is the guy I'm my friend that I'm talking talking about in chat here, and he says. In 20 years, all law enforcement will be authoritarian. Yeah, that's my concern, right? So we've got time to fight now the, the change that's happening in this country. But in 20 years, um, yeah, we're not even going to have, we're not even going to have the support of law enforcement officers. So um, yeah, it is funny. Andrew Thompson says, funny enough, the left hates law enforcement. They do. Kind of. Well, <laughs> they hate but, law enforcement on the surface, but they really rely on them to enforce everything. So they hate them because they don't have control over over them yet. Do you know what I mean? I mean, right. In twenty years, if 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 law enforcement were all SJWs, the left would love them because then they've got brute force to come in and just willy nilly, you know, attack people and do what they want. If Antifa could just call the cops over and be like, "Come here," <laughs> you know. If they were united. Well, yeah, no, you're right. And as Epistavus points out, they kind of do that in England, right? Police will show up at your house over a bad tweet. 
Um, so, uh, a good Mao quote, all power comes from the end of a gun. You know, it's interesting that of all people, Mao gets it. Yeah. (laughs) Mao understands government. Um, yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of crazy things that police will do in the future, I don't know if you saw this in Sweden. In Sweden, like, again, a lot of Europe, I, I think. Is, wait, is, but I really have to go, Carter. I have a hard out. I'm sorry. Oh, you've got to go? Keep going. Yeah, I really have to go today. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but uh, I got to go to work. And it was fun talking to you. I'm sorry. I'm leaving abruptly. Tiger can stay here. I'll leave the camera on. I know. I Everyone, just send her your hate in chat. <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> I will see you guys Monday. And, uh, yeah. I'll see you. I'll see you Monday too, Carter. Yes, but you'll talk to me before then. So I'll talk to you. Have a good day okay. at work. I'll see you later. Bye guys. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. All right, Tiger. Bye to <laughs> you too. Um. Anyway, the, one last thing I was mentioning: Sweden. Uh, here, I'll put this story up so you don't have to. It's easier to follow along. In Sweden now, I, I like to look at Europe sometimes because this is. Uh, it's less constrained by the constitution, most European countries. So you can kind of see where um, cultures are going unconstrained and are unrestrained. And so Sweden now, this guy breaks, this armed robber breaks into a house, uh, sticks a gun in the mouth of his child. The, the dad overpowers the guy and beats him up. And the dad is in jail for, he was arrested for assault. Gun turns out to have been an air gun, but how would you have known at the time anyway? Um, And like I mentioned, in the UK, you've got police showing up for tweeting things that are uh, wrong think or, you know, wrong think, right? So, yeah, I think the left, I think the left actually only likes the police, as Carrie said, because they're not in control. But the minute they are in control, uh, they'll love it. So. I know, Andrew, right? She shows up late and she leaves early. You got to give her crap for it. I, you know, I've tried to, I can't control her. Let's put it that way. That's okay. Uh, it's her, it's her privilege. It's her white privilege that allows her to do it. I don't know what else we got. We don't have a lot more. Um, Carrie, this won't, uh, this won't surprise Carrie, but it surprised me. <clears throat> Not surprised, but it just, Stuff happens all the time. So this is a little comic I saw the other day. <clears throat> this is a, I guess, some sort of femini- feminist comic. This, I'm not like other girls, says the girl at the beginning. Other girls go shopping. I'd rather play video games. Other girls wear high heels and short skirts. I wear sneakers and T-shirts. Other girls hang out in big groups. I'm fine by myself. Other girls are, and then they say, hey, come, come join us, right? And she's like, friendly? Oh, other girls are friendly? Huh, other girls like the same things I do. Other girls are unique in their own way, just like me. I guess I'm like other girls. So this was this was this fine kind of benign thing, but it's labeled as internalized misogyny is the reason that this this girl in the cartoon um thinks that she's not like other girls. So just so you know, even when girls are forming cliques and being catty all by themselves. It's still our fault, guys. It's internalized misogyny. It's 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 got it's men's fault. 
women are wonderful. There's nothing wrong with women at all. And everything that bad that happens to women and anything that they do to each other is all toxic masculinity and internalized misogyny. So just remember that as you go about your day. <clears throat> what else do we have here? I don't really have a lot more. I got a, a few other things, but, um, you know, I, I can end it. Anyone in chat want to want to talk about anything in particular? Blaming men is the feminist way. Yeah, the other thing that I think is interesting about feminism generally, Andrew, is feminists inevitably, not all of them, but most feminists, even, even not third wave, but second wave feminists, like uh, the people that are called TERFs now, the radical feminists, um, even mo they are mostly Marxist. And the interesting thing is when you're pushing for bigger government, you're basically pushing for the use of force, right? Because you, you're, you're wanting a police force that has to go enforce these laws and collect the taxes and do all the things that you need to be done and whatever. Um, and that force is largely male usually. Um, so uh, it's always struck me as odd that, you know, feminists that argue for so many laws are basically arguing that men help them, right? They're basically saying like, well, we need men with guns to go change some stuff for us because we're so powerful. Um, it's, it's quite a contradiction. Sharon Dobbs says she saw an article that said, no, Rudolph is not a story about gay rights. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say about that, Sharon. I didn't know it was not a story about gay rights. Uh, I didn't know that the idea that it was a story about gay rights was a thing. Is Rudolph gay? Is that the idea? I don't know. Are we going to do another woke Christmas special? I hadn't thought of it, but we maybe could. We shouldn't do Rudolph again. I don't know what should we give us some ideas for a woke Christmas special, and and we'll do it. Um, I think it, I think it will probably be fun. Let's see here. Pretty soon, the Constitution will be just like YouTube's terms of service, and they'll just send us new policy updates when they decide to change things. <laughs> Well, the thing, so this is my, this is fundamentally, Maria, what you're touching on is why I ended up, this is why I changed my focus from, like, I used to think, how can we fix government? How can we, what can we do to make, you know, if we could rewrite the constitution, what would we do? How would we fix government? And it, it you're touching on the reason why I stopped thinking along those lines, and that is, um, there's actually not really much wrong with the constitution. I mean, maybe there's some things that could be tightened up, but uh, this was the big realization for me. It's just a piece of paper. The constitution is just a stupid piece of paper that people ignore. And so it's the culture that matters. It's the people that matter. The people that run this country, including the Supreme Court for the most part, don't care what's written in the constitution. They interpret it however they want to meet their, like, they interpret it in whatever, through whatever lens um, best suits their personal agenda. And so this is why you have, I mean, the Second Amendment is just a, a glaring great example because it's so obvious. You read the Second Amendment, it's very clear what it meant. But there is all manner of, of misinterpretation, reinterpretation um, that goes, that's, that, that people uh, go through to interpret that second amendment so that it says what they wanted to say. They'll say, well, they didn't, they meant muskets. I'm like, okay, no, I mean the, the patent for, you know, there was a patent for a machine gun, not like pretty early. There was some like, yes, regular machine guns weren't available, but 
the idea that there would be auto-loading weapons wasn't foreign to uh, the founding fathers when they penned this thing. Um, it's very clear what they mean. Then you have people saying, wow, they meant the militia means actually National Guard. Like, they, I mean, they'll just interpret it however they want, right? They'll interpret, well, speech, speech doesn't mean, if they want, they'll just, speech doesn't mean things you type, but like, they'll just change, they'll just change what they, um, how they, how they view it. So I, this is why I'm not a big fan of trying to change um, the constitution itself. The constitution's mostly fine. It's the culture that's the problem. If we had, you know, the, if the people in this chat were responsible for enforcing the constitution, things would be much different. Uh, the fact is the people in this chat are not the ones responsible for enforcing the constitution. It's a different, the people that are enforcing the our laws are um, of a much, of much, they're cut from much different ideological cloth. And so it doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> what else do we have here? Duty rated says our best hope is effective balkanization. Even the redoubt is infected. Oh, I didn't know the redoubt was infected with social justice and Marxism. Jeez, I don't even know how that happens. Yeah, I mean, I think balkanization is is the best case. I, I agree. I agree with that. So Sharon Dobbs says we should do the year without a Santa Claus and talk about a heteronormative patriarchal oppression. Ah. <laughs> uh, we should do the, there's the new, I know we mentioned it, but there's the baby it's cold outside update. We could do that one as well. Um, but <clears throat> all right. I'm sorry. I'm reading the chats. It's tough without Carrie. I can't just sit here and read chats. I feel like I have to fill the dead air. They always go, Nit for Julia says they always go back to the framers intent, except they ignore that common defense was, one of the only things that government should provide. Social security was never mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Income taxes weren't mentioned either. Uh, most of what the government does um, wasn't mentioned. And this is why, you know, <clears throat> I think this is an inevitable byproduct of government. You've got, I've talked about this before, but bureaucracies um, naturally expand. And so, uh, you know, the where you're, you know, that means grabbing more and more power, more and more resources. They need more and more uh, fuel to keep them going. It's kind of inevitable. Um, I don't, even the U.S., which was probably the most limited nation by law in terms of what the federal government could do, even the U.S. was not constrained by that law and has grown to be really not much different than European countries in terms of the the level of taxes and bureaucracy and size and power of the of the central government. Um, Herman asks, what, uh, what is the redoubt? The American redoubt is uh, kind of a movement to relocate to a few states um, and uh, in hopes that when things fall apart, uh, <clears throat> that's where it will be at, basically. Here, I'll, uh, I'll give you, um, you know, I'll, I'll, put, I'll, put a, uh, I'll put a Wikipedia link in there for, for people, but <clears throat> it's a political migration movement is... Uh, I guess is what Wikipedia calls it. Let's see. Here it is. Go go look it up. Um, income tax didn't exist before prohibition in 1919. Wouldn't that be nice? It would indeed. Um, and you know the 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 basic premise you can think of is if it's a good idea, it shouldn't require force, right? So, uh, you know, if we had if there were zero taxes and 
the government was coming around saying like, hey, we, we need some money to prevent uh, invasion by the Russians or whatever, <laughs> or we, you know, to defend ourselves against aggression. Eh, I think a lot of people, including myself, would say, okay, I'll, that's a cause I'll donate to. I, I, wanna, I don't want to have uh, foreign powers um, come in and, and, uh, and wipe us out. But you know, I'd freely donate because, frankly, that it would be in my best interest to have a defense force. But um, the minute you have to force people to give you the money, you should start questioning whether it's a good idea in the first place. So uh, Keith says the U.S. federal government is the largest government in history. I didn't realize that. I have to be amused that the U.S. Constitution defines one of the smallest central governments in history. Oops, what happened? Right. Right, which is, I think, this is why Keith and I differ on some things. I love you, Keith, but right, Keith's focus is <clears throat> having a constitutional convention and like redoing the constitution. And this, the what the reason what Keith just said is the reason that's not my focus because constitution, like you said, defines one of the smallest central governments in history. And I guess I didn't realize we were the biggest, but there you go, we're the biggest. So. <sighs> All right, everyone. Well, uh, I'm going to call it a day because it's always awkward without anyone else to talk to. Um, when Carrie's not around, it's always a little bit awkward. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to call it an evening, call it a day, evening, wherever you are. Uh, congrats to the people in the UK. Um, so we'll see, I guess, Brexit's going to happen. Good for you. Um, and, uh, and that's it. So have a good weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining the chat, especially, hey, Duty Rated, you're never there. It's the first chat, Duty Rated, who's a friend of mine, is in. So welcome, Duty Rated. And uh, shout out to Epistavist, who uh, is doing some awesome stuff. And um, yeah, that's it. Car I can't do solo work. You know what, Andrew? I can. I can't do solo. Uh, I, can't, I can. I don't like doing off-the-cuff solo monologuing. I can't do that very well. I, if I do solo work, I can write, uh, which I enjoy doing. I uh, wish I was doing more. I just haven't had time. I'm better at writing than speaking, frankly. But uh, I know you're kidding, Andrew. I'm just explaining. But, uh, but we all agree. We all agree that it's better when Carrie's around, don't we? So anyway, um, have a good weekend. We will see you, uh, see you on Monday for Daily Coffee. Take care.